Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back. We're black. We're mad. We're going to talk pissed about off. It. Yes, but we're also brown ambition. Welcome. Brown ambition. Welcome yes. back, y'all. Hey, special shout out to brown ambition listener Yolanda Yo-Yo, who is from, where did she say? Harlem or the Bronx? I forget, but I ran into her this weekend was African American Heritage Day in Ow. Westchester County where I live. And she was working Westchester. with her- Westchester. <laughs> and yeah, she was working. She was helping her friend out at her booth. Her friend has like a, I forget the name now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to her friend. Her name is her friend's name is Tiffany, but she was like, I know you. And then there's like the in a good way, or like, did I, I know. step on your foot at the grocery store last week kind of way? Or something. But she says that. And when she said, I watch your podcast, I was like, you watch it. And she's a YouTube subscriber. Ooh. So yeah, she's like, I like to I like to watch. My friends like to listen, but I love that you guys are on YouTube. So that's a good Aww. reminder too that. You can find us and see our yeah. faces. You want to see um, Mandy's curls steadily there. popping and my skin glowing? You know you do. <laughs> Head on over to Just type in Brown Ambition yes. in the search bar um, and you'll find us. Uh, I feel like that's yeah, going to so. be the last little gig we have for a little while. Y'all know we got to talk about it. <sighs> yeah, I was trying to avoid it. Yeah, it's... Uh-huh. Uh, well, I guess the question is like, how did you feel when you got the news Friday morning that we are um, going to undo 50 years of president? You know, I, you ever like, um, like when I used to get spanked as a kid, which was all the time because <laughs> wild, if I knew I was getting a spanking, you know how you brace yourself and you're like, okay, right. And that's how it kind of felt that like, you know, as soon as I saw Roe versus Wade, I, 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 I knew, and I kind of like braced myself for the impact but it doesn't actually help, you know, just like when I was getting a spanking as a kid, um, that doesn't actually help. Um, you mean like when the, when the, when the, um, opinion leaked before? Yeah. So we had like this and, well, warning time. That warning is almost like, you know, the teacher tells you like, so I'm telling your parents, your, your dad, that you were acting up today. You're like, Oh gosh, I'm pretty sure this is not going to end well. And then you finally come home and you brace yourself. And, but as soon as the headline came up, I had not even fully read the headline, but I knew already and it was just like, it just was this punch in the gut. But then instantly, I I feel like now, especially, I do this thing where it's like, it's too much. So, you know, I put up like this like wall because it's too much, which I mean, my therapist would say it's not good because you're supposed to feel things, but it's like, it's too much to feel. And so, yeah, I just, it's too much. Honestly, it's all too it's much. It's too much in all directions. Yeah. It's... It's it's so hard to just be a human and go through your day and stay positive and 
put one foot in front of the other. It's too much. Like on top of having our own personal, everyone has their own personal challenges. And then, and it's hard enough to deal with that. But then you put on top of it, these outside forces. It's, it's so much. But I think, I mean, isn't it, everyone has their own way of like coping with things. I don't feel like there's a wrong way to do it. I've just felt like an open wound all weekend. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling where you're just like emotionally raw. Yeah. And anything will start me off. Like even the movies, like I started to watch one of my favorite comfort movies is like Hope Floats. So dumb. Okay. Oh, I Sandy. love that. Sand? Yes. I love Sandra that Bullock. Who doesn't Fun love fact, Sandy? Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker directed that movie. Did you know no, that? No, really? Fact? I did not know that. Oh, man. That's how you know I was raised by a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I was raised by two Africans and I'm like, girl, I loved it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's universal, universal fun. But I I wanted to watch that and feel better. So I I paid my little $3.99 on Amazon Prime to watch that movie. Everything made me cry. Like it was just some things were sad. I started thinking about whatever, Um, but just like an open wound. And I think I had just come out of therapy um, that morning and I, you know, I go to the park, I do my little therapy call and then I just scrolling through my phone. And I was already kind of like emotional from that. But when I got the news, it just, just overcame with like deep, deep sadness and fear. And I immediately felt like talking. So I didn't like necessarily post right away. I, I ended up just like recording a video on my phone just with my thoughts. And I, I didn't, I mean, the anger was there, but it was like the fear and the, the rage and the inner need to do something, you know? And what I'm grateful for is that I I feel like I did have those couple, how long has it been since the, the opinion leaked? I've had um, a couple of months couple or weeks. a month or yeah. how long? Yeah. A few to weeks like or so. Mm-hmm. Think about my feelings about the bigger picture. And immediately what I wanted to talk about was how, and I, and I, you know, when I was talking um, just to my phone at that point, I would realize like I want to speak to black and brown women first and foremost. You know, that's my heart. That's what we're here to do. And I wanted the message to be clear that this this action, like reversing Roe v. Wade, it's an assault on all women's rights and honestly on everyone's rights, because it's not just a women's issue and people who have uteruses, it's not just our issue, it's men as well. But I wanted to specifically speak to black and brown women because we are the ones who are going to be disproportionately impacted by this lack of fundamental health care. You know what I mean? And I, if I, and I, it, it wasn't even that long ago, but I, sometimes I think about my younger self and I'll never forget the day when I found out I was pregnant and I was 26 going on 27 and my, the world dropped from underneath me, but I was so lucky to have the option to choose a different path for myself. And I don't, I haven't really talked about it on Brown Ambition. I mean, it doesn't really come up that often. Um, but I've, I've mentioned it on social media. And, and honestly, I feel very much about my story, how I feel about everyone's stories is our stories. And no one has the right to, it doesn't, I didn't even want to tell people necessarily because the decision's so deeply personal until you have been in that position to make that kind of decision. It's in that moment when I was 26, 27, when I was making that decision with my partner at the time, who's now my husband, like I remember feeling, why tell anyone? Literally, it's no one's choice but my own, but ours. You know what I mean? And I, I even then, I, I didn't even think it'd be a possibility that there'd come a time when 
a woman wouldn't be able to make the same choice that I did? And what would my life look like if I had not been able to get the care that I needed in that moment? I would not be sitting where I am today. I would not have this business that I have now. My life would have been blown up, you know, and I still would have been one of the lucky ones. I would have been quote unquote fine. But there are women who found out Friday morning who went there to make the same choice I did just how many years ago, eight years ago, and they couldn't make that choice. They were turned away. And that fucking breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And so when I hopped on to start talking about it and I posted it finally, you know, I realized in that moment, it's actually, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I spoke out and just, you know, reminded everyone that like the impact it's going to have in black and brown women, but also reminded my followers, like who the fuck you're, you're, who you're you're following? Yes. Who I am. Cause some people I realized when I posted that had another idea about who Mandy Money is and who Mandy Woodruff Santos is. That's a Southern lady right there. I don't know who the fuck they, I don't know how they found my page, but you know what? I was just talking to my Mandy Moneymakers about authenticity on social media and Mm -hmm. sharing your stories so that you're sharing your stories in a way to bring people to you who Mm -hmm. need to find you. Yes. But also sharing it to tell the people who need to lose you where the exit door is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was interesting to me to have that moment and and also feel like, okay, maybe I should do this like once a year. Just remind people where I stand, like a healthy, you know, they like burn forests down to like have the next trees come in stronger. Mm-hmm. I feel like as social media influencers or any like public figure or anyone in general, just remind people who you are consistently so that the people who can find you can find you. A cleansing of sorts. A cleanse, yes. <laughs> a cleanse of sorts. Anyway, it's been, yeah, it's been very raw and I'm I don't know, Tiff, I feel like usually there's this feeling of speechlessness and like, well, there's not much we can do, but I know exactly what we can do. So I want to talk about that. Like, first and foremost, I think, one, obviously donating to causes, donating to organizations that are helping women who now can no longer get the healthcare they need, um, find alternative options in other states. So if you can donate to Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. I've also seen people starting funds to cover travel expenses for women and people with uteruses who wanna, who have to travel far, you know, to get the care they need. And midterm elections are coming up, y'all. Mm-hmm. November is coming, and we mentioned that before. But I want to remind y'all: in some states, they make sure you have to register far, far, far in advance. So if you're not registered right now, register. Go to vote.org, vote.gov, register to vote. And I'm my husband and I, we sat down and we talked about like, which causes which political candidates we want to donate to. And living in a state like New York, where things are pretty progressive already. And I'm so grateful that immediately the governor and the mayor both said abortion will stay legal here. Okay. But there are states where they're much more on the fringe. And in those states where there's campaigns where the there's a possibility of shift in power, you know, of people who don't believe in a woman's right to choose could be taking over. I think it's important to donate to those campaigns. Those are two, I think, meaningful things to do. And then thirdly, get more financial empowerment for black and brown women. Like we have to, the more power we have, financial power, power as leaders, influence, this won't happen. Like we can save ourselves, but we have to keep fighting. We have to keep 
wanting more for ourselves, reaching for, for the financial gains, reaching for seats at the table. And when we get there, making room for more of us to get to the table, that's when we're going to see real change. I think we're just living in this like this diseased world where we have been held back for so, so long. And until we get to a position of power, more of us, this is going to keep happening. And that's petrifying, but it also gives me hope. Because I can, like, through Brown Ambition, through the work that we're doing, I see it every day, Black women reaching for that, Black and Brown women reaching for that empowerment, feeling empowered. We just need more, more, more. There's, like, a real shift, you know? I think in times like this, that's the only thing that, I guess if, if there is a glimmer of hope, is that those who thought that voting for Voldemort wouldn't be so bad, those women who were like, oh, he can't get into but so much trouble. And now here we are. I read an article, um, was it CNN? I believe it was CNN, um, where, you know, the the Voldemort, um, our, our former president, he, you know, he's been a little coy, which is not like him, not wanting to claim um, full credit, saying it's not just me. I'm like, that seems odd, because behind the scenes, here's the thing about Voldemort. He's, as much as he is an idiot, he's not dumb. He recognizes that suburban women are what put him over the edge to become president. And he recognizes that this is a direct attack on those very same women for those who, you know, are, are open enough to, to realize that, that women, it's like, sure, we don't mind this. We don't mind that. We don't wait. What? And so he recognizes that this is way further than where a lot of folks, this is like, okay, now here's where I draw the line. You know, and and know this that the the current those who sit on the bench the um are currently looking for more. Like Clarence Thomas had said, like okay, now that we've done this, they're looking at gay rights, they're looking at um uh, contraception, um, birth control, and so interracial marriage. <laughs> well, I thought that was just a joke, but you never know. Honestly, like these no, days, it could be, it could be anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the, the very same justices that it was three of them that when they were being, you know, because you have to be grilled before you're appointed, um, that three of them um, stated that like, no, no, I believe that this, that, that Roe versus Wade is settled, meaning I'm not going to do anything about it. Obviously that was a lie. And so if there is anything that I have seen is that when something swings to the extremes, it's met with extremes, meaning that this is such a far swing to the right that there are people who might not normally go up against the right that are going to be like, okay, you know, this is too much. And I mean, I don't believe in extremes anyway. I don't like to fall strings to the left either. I believe that there has to be something in the middle, something in the center where um, everyone doesn't get everything they want, but everyone doesn't get anything that they don't want. So yeah, it's just, it's a lot. I don't honestly... I, I mean, I try to look back in history and I think to myself, you know, there was the Black Plague and there were these other things that happened. And I'm like, it just seems like so much. I don't remember being like so crazy, but I guess it's because I'm an adult. You know, I get to live it through a, an adult lens, but it just it seems like the last few years have been so heavy. They have. And I mean, I think there's definitely opportunities for self-care. I feel like, you know, something you mentioned is so important. The white suburban women who voted Trump into office, I'm sorry, he who must not be named, into office in 2016, that it's important that, yes, this very much impacts them as well. And when I'm saying that this impacts black and brown women disproportionately, what I mean is by that is 
not that we're more likely to want an abortion, but that we are more likely to not have the financial means to get it when it's in a different freaking state. And potentially, I don't know, who knows in 10, how long it could take and who takes over, you know, in our states now that it's at the state level, that's deciding whether or not a woman and people who have uteruses have the right to choose, you know, who are elected officials in these states going to be down the line? Could there be a time when the whole country looks very different than what it is right now? I think it's about half the country does and half the country doesn't allow it. But that finance, and then the reason it's so important to have that financial empowerment is because when you have that financial empowerment, you can make choices. You know, you can go other places where they do welcome the decisions that you make. We don't get to make those op- choices. We don't get to have those options when we're not financially empowered. It's not as easy. You know, waiting for someone to help you get there is fine. And that's those options are maybe out there. But when we can make our own choices, that is what real empowerment is. And for white suburban moms, white women in general, they, and I know that there's plenty who have struggled and all of that. And believe me, you're all over my page being like, I struggle too. And I've been, you know, I grew up poor, blah, blah, blah. Great. That's good. And the majority of you don't. Okay. Majority of black and white, black and brown women, very different circumstances. And that's why it's important that we talk to them specifically and center them and everything that we do, center those voices, center those stories. Because if we can make sure that black and brown women succeed financially to the point where they can make their own choices, then believe me, everyone, you're going to be fine. (laughs) Like us being more empowered financially does not, you know, does not threaten you in any way, shape or form. You know what I mean? And those women, I feel like it's an opportunity for them. Will you stand with us now? Um, And will you stand for not just your rights, but everyone's, you know, people who don't look like you as well. We'll see how things shake out. I'm very, I'm very, very concerned about November. I'll tell you that right damn now. So much is riding on who we elect at our state level and people pay so much attention to the presidential election. And I don't think far enough to the state level, you know, elections like pay attention, y'all wake up, pay attention, vote, um, support candidates who stand for things that you care about. Every election counts. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaking scary. I know it's a lot, but it's, it's like, we can't turn away from that fear and that stress. I don't think in this moment, I don't think this is a moment to put our heads in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. We got to go there. We got to have uncomfortable conversations. No, like, so I, I'm actually like in upstate New York. Um, I said, I'd like, I saw one of my friends that said she was in the Catskills. I was like, why don't I go to upstate New York just to like, you know, Cause I, I, y'all know I live in Newark and it's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute drive, but it's like, it might as well be in another country for how different it is. Yeah. It's so <laughs> slow, but so beautiful. I sent me, I drew some pictures. It's so pretty. She did. Um, you out there by yourself? There's some nice pictures there. You got a tripod? No, I just, you know, you put on the timer and you put it against a rock. That's what the na- nature's tripod. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. You get the, yes. you get the, the, the picture taken. It's so got pretty. Got your toes here. in the stream. I know. <laughs> and, um, but when I was out here, like walking and just like, you know, just thinking about what I wanted and, and who I am, um, one of the things that came to me, I was like, you know, one of my core values is safety and security. Because how could it not be as a, as a Black woman? And because I thought to myself, you know, as I was thinking about what are some of my financial goals, but I really wanted to know, well, why is that your goal, Tiffany? It's not just for the money's sake and it's for what we're talking about now. I want to have enough that, you know, barring anything super crazy, that I can handle it because I know no one's coming for me. I know no one's going to save me, that it's going to be on me to financially save myself and 
like oftentimes save my sisters, you know, and by sisters, I mean, friends, I mean, family, you know, and so um, to Mandra's point, that's why we do what we do, right? Certainly we're sharing this difficult topic, but we talk here about your economic empowerment because, you know, if you have enough to take care of yourself and your family, um, to provide safety and security for yourself. Um, also too, money talks at the end of the day, you know, that's what politics and all that, it really comes down to, to who has the money to make the decisions. And so I'm committed yeah, I'm committed to like my economic growth, but also to yours, you know, um, that's why we're here. You know, it's for us, it's not just money for money's sake. It's, it allows you to have choices when you have access to money, you know, at least in the U.S. of A, you know, other places might be different, but here, you know, you are, are offered a wider range of choices, you know, when you have money. Yeah. Hell yeah. And there's something that you said, you said it like, I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like you say it every once in a while, but the what happens when a woman is financially empowered and that it's not just about a woman helping herself, but women spread our influence and our power to others, help lift up families and communities and small local economies. I mean, I think like even just yesterday at that um, African-American Heritage Day, the booths were just Black women, black women entrepreneurs, black women reaching for more. I wanted to stop and talk to every single one of them and just listen to their stories. And so many, so many women who started businesses during the pandemic and made a way for themselves, you know, it's powerful stuff. And they are, and they're all in these businesses that are seeking to provide services to help, you know, whether it's creating, you know, natural body oils to help us take better care of ourselves or creating bookstores, you know, that allow me to purchase books for my son where there's characters that are from all diverse backgrounds and have such unique stories. Like, I think that's the powerful things we need to like focus on is what incredible things can happen when black and brown women, when we are financially winning and, and what choices can we make that benefit everyone else? And it's such a great message to remind folks because it's like, you can go, some women get uncomfortable wanting money because it feels like, oh, greedy and, you know, meaningless and all of that. But bring it back down to what can you do with that with the with that power and what would you do if you had the opportunity i had this women over like women in my neighborhood for a um like a cocktail hour a couple of few weeks ago pre when i got covid and i remember they were like complaining about jeff bezos going to the moon and spending billions of dollars and i'm like what would you do if you were a billionaire let's focus on us becoming billionaires cuz they're going to ride their giant dicks to the moon and that's fine <laughs> but like what what are we going to do with the money Maybe we'll open free childcare, you know, institutions. Maybe we would, but let's focus on what we could do. Let's get the billions. You know what I mean? Then it won't matter what Bezos is doing. So I'll tell you what I would do. A close family member um, has a child with sickle cell. And if you're not familiar, sickle cell is a blood disorder that, you know, normally blood cells, red blood cells are the shape of a circle and they flow freely through your veins. But when you have sickle cell, it's in the shape of a sickle because there's not enough oxygen, I guess, getting to the cell. So it almost like collapses. So it's like the shape of almost like a C, a sickle. Um, but as a result, those cells will collect in areas of your body and cause extreme pain. So like think knees, elbows. Um, and it is such a terrible, terrible um, disease, um, so much so that if you are African-American and you're marrying somebody who's African-American, 
you know, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to ask both of you to be tested. Um, because if, you know, both of you, like I carry the trait for a sickle cell, Jarrell did not. And we talked about it, that if he carried the trait, you know, would we even try to have children? Yeah. It's a terrible disease that, that, that the life expectancy is not, is not great for folks with, um, sickle cell. And, um, my family member was sharing, you know, that there's next to no research, despite that it is one of the number one killers of children, um, African-American children. There's nearly no research that almost no new medicines have come out in the last 30 years. And why do you think that is? This, despite this being one of the biggest killers of children, why? Because the biggest killers of black and brown children. So there's no research. But what would you do? And I, and I thought about that, you know, and I said, you know, as I grow my wealth, one of the things I'm setting aside, I, I'm actually, I, we talked last week about, it was last week about trust and wills. One of the things I'm doing is setting aside money in my, my trust for sickle cell research. Because if black and brown people with wealth don't do it, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And you, we have way more power than you think. There was a, a, an article that came out um, Forbes, CNN, all the financial places, like, I don't want to say five years or so ago, that the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs were Black women. Um, and then this other article, especially if you manage it with your book coming out, um, by The Atlantic, which is super exciting, it says, the most likely person to read a book, a college-educated Black woman. And I thought that was so exciting. It's like Pew, mm -hmm, Pew Research has stumbled upon an interesting data point that the most likely person to read a book in any format is a black woman who's been to college. So when they try to tell you, so while you're, as you're doing your book proposal, Mandy, don't let them try to tell you, well, <laughs> you it's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, sis. <laughs> yes, I will. It's like, no, no, sorry, sis. Actually, um, yeah. my book, literally by nature of you being a black woman, writing for black women, like that is the perfect audience because we're who, who like we're reading more than anyone else. And so I just share all that to say that we have way more power and economic power than we give ourselves credit for, but we have to turn it inward and toward our community so we can, because we are going to be the super heroes that we're looking for. You know, we have to link together like the Avengers and say like, okay, you have wealth, you have knowledge, you have this, you have a microphone, you have the, you know, and, and because that's really the only way you're going to see things change because no one's going to care more about you and your babies and the kids and, and the mamas and the daddies. No one's going to care more than, than you. Yeah. One of the last booths I stopped by yesterday at that, at that fair was the women's black political caucus of Westchester and took their flyer. And I said, you're going to hear from me, you know, at that local level, there are black women, black, we're just amazing. And we are working in the trenches every day. I don't want to make it seem like we're not already out there being, I mean, come on now, how many elections have we saved for this country? Girl, we wouldn't, you know, yes, we're, we're struggling right now, but Biden wouldn't be there if not for the power of the black Sis. women vote. You know what I mean? Now imagine if we had the money to back that vote. Mm. Imagine if it was the black the black women were as powerful as the NRA, you know, big oil, like imagine the influence we could have, but yeah, absolutely. At that, at that local level too, you know, where are the women doing the work today and how can we amplify and lift them up and support them, volunteer, donate all of that. And then we have to like kind of focus on it from all sides and then make our own financial bag, secure the bag for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I believe that black women are the largest untapped resources in this country. My God, like, yeah. aren't we the most educated as well? Actually, it's the Nigerians, but you know. <laughs> no, for real, it's Nigerians, which is crazy to me. Well, actually, it's not crazy because I know Nigerian parents are crazy. No, I just, honestly, I, like, it feels me, 
I'm trying not to lean into the fear and the hopelessness and really trying to lean into the hopefulness because I am grateful to be black. I'm grateful to be a woman. And I know that um, we have we have we have way more power than um, think. I think people even give um, us credit for. Sometimes we even give ourselves credit for in that, you know, as long as we are here, you know, there is a light. <sighs> oh, see, we started off like now. See, because thank God for the show, Tiff. Thank God oh, for gosh. the work that we're doing because we get to be a part of that change. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so happy to. I was so happy knowing I got to come here and talk about this as I am every week, but never yeah. more at a time than I feel like when our when when there's targets on our backs, you know, as a yeah. as a people, I'm so glad that right we have this safe space where we can vent, but we can also figure out what we can do, and we can woo out, we can still laugh, and yeah, it's just I hope that you guys find that here too. And if you know other black women and brown women, even the Jamals, remember Jamal was it was a Jerome, was One it of them. Jamal? Yeah, right. <laughs> even the yeah. Jamals, uh, this is a safe space for you too. If you know anybody who needs to be here, send them on over to um, brownambitionpodcast.com. Everybody should listen to our show, but never get it twisted who we are here speaking to first and foremost and from whose perspective we speak from. That's all it is. I think everyone would love our show and should come, but I just don't want anyone to. Let's just remind them it's called Brown Ambition, okay, (laughs) for a reason. All right. That is who we are here to center in everything that we do. Um, Yep. Well, should we take a quick, quick woosah break and come right back? Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now it's time to boost up, break up, boost up, break up, boost, break Um, I feel like lately we've been doing a lot of boosts because, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, shit show a tree going on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm going to continue the boost. Oh, um, thank goodness. I was afraid you were going to be like, and no, no, I'm girl. done with that. Oh, <laughs> uh, quick boost. Um, well, one, I wanted to just boost, like, how did your how did your webinar go? Oh, it's tomorrow. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. So you guys will listen to it the day after, but um, the replay will be available the day after. So send me an email at info at mandymoney.com if you want the replay. Yeah. So the webinar is going to be available for 48 hours. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, I mean, shoot me an email, see if you can't get the replay. Hopefully y'all register. But yeah, we've got about 500 registered already. That's and awesome. Not bad for just planning that last Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that's a boost for Mandy's webinar. She's going to be getting your life together, especially during these times where it's feeling really crazy. Um, My other boost is just really um, just a quick boost that tomorrow's my fifth wedding anniversary. It's one of the reasons why I decided to come here because I'm like, I need a (gasps) USA. I know. So I was like, you know what? Let me come (sighs) to someplace beautiful. I I couldn't help but giggle because as I, I took my hike and stuff, I was like, 
this is literally the antithesis of what Jarrell be willing to do. He'd be like, I'm not doing all that damn walking. <laughs> I was going to say, so I don't think I've seen a picture of y'all in nature before. <laughs> together. He's not. I know nature would have not been his thing. So I was laughing because I was just like, you know, um, this is how I'm spending my anniversary, which is the opposite of what Jarrell would have wanted to do. Although he did like flowers and, and things like that, but taking a two mile hike around a lake, he'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, it would have been five years. I think people think that like I just met Jarrell, but no, we we met when I was 23. We started dating when I was 30. We and Jarrell like the same, I'm a few months older. Um, started dating when I was 30. Um, broke up because I was like, I'm dating the budget Nisa. She's kind of like a really big deal. I had started budget Nisa when I was 30 and I had to make a decision. I was yeah. like, I choose her. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. But then we started dating again when I was 34, when I realized mm, the budget Nisa is cute, but I really don't swing that way. Um, <laughs> so started dating again when I was 34, got married, engaged at 36, married at 37. And so I know he you know, passed away when I was 41, 42. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. You just don't, never know how life is going to swing. So despite all that's happening and how terrible things seem, if you have someone, your kids, your sister, your mom, your dad, your partner to love up on and hug up on, now is, now more than ever, make that your priority because truly there is nothing more important. And the world is going to... Well, you never know. But as far as we know, the world's going to keep turning and there's always going to be good, bad, and indifferent. And you can't control all of those things. Certainly you can do your part, but the place where you have the most influence is really um, in inside yourself, but also too inside the little family that you've built for yourself. So, you know, love on your people today. And so, yeah. Happy fifth anniversary, babe. Happy fifth anniversary. Mm -hmm. And And thinking about you Jarrell always I um I gasped when you told me because you know what other what other day is the same day as your anniversary is Hasbe's birthday oh that's same right day. same that's day right. and there was a point last week when I knew it was today tomorrow there mm -hmm. was a point last week when I knew your anniversary was coming up and I also knew it was Hasbe's birthday mm -hmm. and in between that point and now I've forgotten it's been a lot going on. And I'm like, yeah. shit, what did I get him? But you're right. I will take some time. I, I, there's been like so much going on. And then it was Father's Day and then COVID, but he deserves a nice birthday and yes. he's here. And so I will make him do something he doesn't want to do either. <laughs> <laughs> that's what birthdays are for to get All what you want for the person nice. to have because that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you what I got him for, for Father's Day? No, what'd you get him? Um, so we have been, we have been like trying to, we're just so different. And I think it was really cute when we were dating and as adult humans now, like 10 years later and all this kind of stuff, we're just, our interests are so different. You know, I'm over here in my butterfly garden obsessing over, by the way, two butterflies hatched today. So yeah. exciting. And he's washing the car and I'm like, why are you washing that damn car? But to him, it's not a washing. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like art. It literally is an art form. Anyway, yes, so he's is. very into cars. So we started watching Formula One, this Formula One documentary on Netflix. What's it called? Something punny, like Drive to Survive or something like that. <laughs> so in New York City, they have the E-Pre, which is the electric car version of Formula One. Oh. So I will be sitting in the stands in July Ooh, at the E-Pre awesome. with Husband. Because that's the good wifey that I No, he's going to love that. He was so excited. Yeah, he's really excited. Oh. Um, it should be good. But yeah. But anyway, sorry to hijack your your boost. 
No, 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 no. So what about your boost? What's your boost or a break? Oh, you're gonna like my you're gonna like my boost. I was thinking about you actually, because with my boost, I need some advice. My okay. boost is for daycare teachers. Okay. Um, and especially my son's daycare teachers, especially one in particular whose name is Shelly and she's amazing. And, you know, the other day when he had to go back to daycare finally after 10 days being out with COVID and quarantine and all that, it was a rough transition, like taking kids out of their routine and then trying to get them back to go to school. And now he's really talking a lot more so he can tell me mommy no school. And it's very heartbreaking, but he was just so upset about it. And Shelly came outside. And when I got to the door to drop him off, I knew he was he was already crying. And I was like, I told the woman who greeted me, I was like, can you go get Shelly? I know she's busy Aww. with breakfast, but just tell Shelly to come. And she came mm-hmm. out there and she helped him find a There's like these uh, rock beds that they have, like with rocks mm-hmm. by the plants. And she was like, you know what, Rio, let's go pick up. She, he loves rocks. I don't know Aww. why, but he loves them. She's like, should we go find a rock to go feed Rocky, which is their pet fish? I forgot he had a classroom fish. <laughs> and immediately he was like, huh? And he went and got his rock, and then he was all excited about going to give the rock to Fishy to the to Rocky the fish and put it in his fish tank or whatever. And anyway, and it was also he's switching to a new classroom, so I want to show Shelly and his daycare teachers my appreciation. They're just like phenomenal. And at times like this, when it's scary to send a kid anywhere these days, like I, the reason I continue sending him is because I'm like he's with these women and they're incredible and men too. There's men there too. But um, I'm trying to think after I finish recording, Tiff, I got to go get Shelly a gift. Um, I've done like Amazon gift cards in the past, but any advice on what to get your favorite um, daycare teacher? I always, I mean, well, one, you know, one, like they're like, you're teaching daycare. You're probably super sentimental because why else are you there? I know I was. So something yeah, she's weird. so sentimental. <laughs> so like, you know, something that like he draws, you know. Or like maybe he paints a rock or whatever for her. Mm -hmm. That's always really sweet because I would keep that. I would still have that forever and ever and ever. But then also, girl, nobody says no to Uber Eats at the same time. So it's like an Uber Eats gift card, but then also (laughs) something sentimental like that. Like that's what I would have loved. Like, I mean, honestly, yeah, anything that kids made me, I'd be like, I'm going to keep this forever. So. Oh, you think I would never have thought about that because I'm like, they do arts and crafts with the kids all the time. Aren't they sick Mm -hmm. of that by now? But maybe... I don't know. No, something especially like like the other day, like um, my niece Amelia, she drew this really. She's really into like drawing unicorns and and um, rainbows right now. It was this amazing picture. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Is this for me?" She's like, "No." On the back it says, "Miss Rosa, I love you so much." I was like, oh. "I've never heard you tell me you love Auntie Auntie Tiffany." She looked at me like, "Girl, please." <laughs> so, um, and I know Miss Rosa is gonna love that because it's just like, oh my gosh. You know, like, because yeah. according to my sister, Carol, um, um, Alexa is raising the kids. Because, like, uh, Amelia would be like, Alexa, how do you spell so? Okay. <laughs> how do you spell much? I'm telling you. I was just like, I never I never thought about That's that. She's so like, girl. Cute. She's like, this girl is writing up letters. I don't have to tell her anything. She'd be like, mommy, why is this guy blue? She's like, sis, I don't know. Ask Alexa. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. Um, That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I would say something personal, but then also something practical. I love that. Okay. So I think I was thinking Target um, would be good, but I'll see what they got. I'm I'm going to get her a gift card and you're right. So I'll wait till tomorrow. I'm going to get Rio to draw her, to color her a nice little picture. 
Like that. Maybe nice. give her one of my 12 caterpillars, y'all. I'm trying to take care of these babies as a responsible <laughs> butterfly mom, but they are multiplying. <laughs> I am overwhelmed by the number of caterpillars. If you live in Westchester and you would like some baby caterpillars, no. Um, no, that's great. And just to any teachers out there, oh, just this is another thing that she sent me that picture. Oh, she sent me. A, that's why I started talking about him going back to school. When he got to the classroom after they gave Rocky the fish, his rock. Shelly took the time to send me a DM on IG because she stalks me. And Aww. she sent me a picture of him at the table. And you're not supposed – we get pictures in the app, you know, like through the life – like the little uh-huh. parenting app. Mm-hmm. But for her to like send me a picture she knew I was going to see right away because she knew Aww. I was worried about him. I just started to cry. I'm going to start crying again because like I said, I'm an open wound of emotions lately. But I just think that they're incredible. And she sent him home with this huge like – they don't just send them home with their artwork anymore at the end of the year because he's switching classrooms. It was like bound with a picture of him on the front and it said Rio's memories and they were labeled and there was a photo of him printed with a little graduation cap. And I was like, Shelly, when do you have the time? And she said her and her husband did it together. I just And her husband who doesn't, who's not on the payroll, <laughs> like they went home after a long day with all those kids. These people are special. <laughs> like after a day with all these children, she went home and still worked on this project for us. And I just, it's, it's amazing. So if you haven't sent, you know, your daycare teacher or just any teachers in general, yes. you know, a little thank you appreciation gift, you don't have to wait for teacher appreciation week, which, was, which I think was back in May, just any time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so telling you, we really I'll, appreciate I'll get her it because like. honestly, I love your babies. I just, I fight your, I fight moms over kids. I'm like, that's my baby too, girl. We yeah. raised this baby together for real. Like honestly, especially the younger <laughs> they are, <laughs> the younger they are, you really love them. I used to pray for all my kids every single night. I would worry about the ones, you know, that like maybe weren't well, or maybe they had a household that was a little chaotic. I mean, there's still kids to this day I think about and wonder if they're okay and say a little prayer for them. So like, yeah, like I know that people have so much to say about teachers, but the good ones really do love your kids. And, you know, like there's nothing, I would literally stand in front of a bullet for your, for your baby. You know, like I have definitely almost tussled homeless men. in real time. Yes. I'm just like, yeah, because you really do. You really love these kids and the kids love you right back. And it's what makes it all, honestly, it's like no matter, you know, a parent could have just finished cussing and fussing me out. And I'd be like, you lucky I love your baby because, girl, we could meet at three o'clock. <laughs> no, but honestly, no, that's awesome. I know. And shout out to you, Shelly, because I know. Like, it's it's a it's a hard job, but, like, the hugs and the kisses and the, I love you, Miss Tiffany's, and the, that it just makes everything just worth it. And parents that appreciate make yeah. it all worth it. Thank you, Miss Shelly and all teachers. Oh, goodness. Yeah. My eyes all are right, leaking. Well. Hopefully to be Stop taking leaking. you on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode because certainly although it was emotional, I hope it also left you with some hope as well. You know, despite all that's going on, there's still always a lot of good hope. Yes, there's always, there's still a lot of good. So we love y'all. Love you, Tiff. I'm glad you're having you some too, alone, um, some some quiet time in nature. Yeah. And we love you, Jarrell, and we're thinking of you. And tomorrow I'll be thinking of him too while I scramble to find something for Enrique. <laughs> to give us back. Uh, all right, y'all. Until next show. Until Bye. next week. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. 
The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.